Hey guys, it's Wayne Johnson with Wednesdays with Wayne, episode number 11. Got a guest today that I've uh, been racing with for about the last uh, 10 years or so and actually stayed at my house a little while and I guess I stayed at his house for a couple of weeks there, or his parents' house. And But uh, yeah, I'll, uh, we'll see if we can get him on the line now. We're going to have Seth Bergman on, so we're going to go right to that. Uh, let's see if we can get him on. I think we got Seth on the line here. Seth, you there? I'm here. Hey, what's going on up there in, uh, what is it? I'm not sure what town you live in in, the, in Oklahoma. What is that? Owasso. I live in Owasso. You know, just north of Tulsa. So what's happening, what's happening in Owasso, Oklahoma? Oh, not a whole lot. Probably the same thing as a lot of people right now, just kind of laying low. It is a really nice day out today, though. The sun's out, so probably going to go do some more yard work here. Well, it snowed here this morning, so I don't know how in the heck it didn't snow at your house. You're not that far from me. I don't know how it could be so different. Like, <laughs> you're not yeah, that far away like from me. Hour and a half away or so, yeah. I don't know, though. You know, my so, short my short time of being here in Oklahoma, I've seen the weather do some wild things. So, honestly, that doesn't really surprise me. Well, you've been here now a couple of years, but, uh, you know, being from Washington, the the landscape is definitely a little different for sure. You know, you... You uh, you don't have those mountain ranges and all that stuff in the backdrop. So, so how how I mean I know you and uh, you and Tony have kind of started a little coffee business there and and uh, making some stuff happen with that. But uh, uh, how's all that going? Yeah, it's going good. I mean we we've been open. Uh, the coffee shop has been open now for uh, a little over a year, probably approaching more like a year and a half. And that's ever since we opened, that thing's uh, been doing really good. It's kind of steadily been growing the entire time since we opened. And now we're, we're working on, uh, opening up the second location. So it's going good. Um, just selling coffee. Uh, by this point of the year, I thought we'd have been racing too, but none of that going on. So been more focused on, um, just business and family and, spending time at home here lately i think that's about what everyone's doing for sure uh you know that's got to be some good time at home with with the kids uh you know a lot of things that you don't get to to, at this time of year you probably don't get to spend that much time with them on you know normally so it's got to be good to get to spend some time with them yeah it is i mean i mean you know when you race and travel and stuff and you have a family and kids you Sometimes you'd be on the road thinking you should spend more time with your kids and family, so this is give me an opportunity to kind of come home and and spend that time that you wish you could spend sometimes when you're out traveling. So it's been nice, and I don't know. I try to take it as an opportunity, like I'm sure a lot of people are, to just kind of kind of hit the reset button and refocus and reset goals and spend time with family and, and just make sure when when all this passes that. You know, I'm in a good spot and I'm ready and I'm healthy and happy and the family's good and, and then we can kind of go from there, you know. Well, for sure. That's what uh, kind of I've been doing too, but uh, Sarah's had me doing plenty of honeydews. You know, we've, uh, you know, I've had to stain the, the stockade fence and and put lights up on the house and paint the garage floor and I don't remember what <laughs> all, but it just seems like there's a list every day. But she's just trying to keep me busy from going stir crazy because, you know, I got to stay busy here. I, I definitely will. But I understand. Going the, I think. Go ahead, bud. Oh, I was just gonna say I understand. I think we're probably similar on that aspect. I've been out in the yard every day working, and luckily I got the race shop here at my house with all my race equipment in there. So 
uh, you know, I get bored, I can go out there and tinker. There's still plenty of things to do around here. Well, speaking of the race car stuff, and and I know that uh, this season's kind of been a goofy deal, not getting to go racing anywhere yet. But uh, well, I guess you went a little while, you know, run a few races, kind of like I did in Florida there. But what is your plans when uh, the COVID nineteen thing passes and and we get back to racing? Uh, I'm just gonna probably, you know, majority of the time run uh, run my own team, run my own car, kind of like I've done in the years past. Um, Majority probably going to run with ASCS, the Lucas Oil National Tour. Um, that's kind of where I've been and and made a living. So I've, I've probably majority of the time I'll be there. And like I said, I'll be running my own car a lot and spending a lot of time on my own personal equipment, uh, getting everything ready. You know, not only making sure I'm ready, but you got to make sure your team's ready too. So this is giving giving me some time to tinker and and uh, make things nice and make sure everything's ready. So uh, hopefully when things get back going here, I'm gonna try to race as much as I can. Hopefully have a pretty aggressive schedule the rest of the year and race for some good money and, you know, just hit the road again. I'm kind of sitting here a while. It feels like another off season. So just like you and a lot of other guys starting to get the itch, I want to get back, get back racing. Well, I'm thinking we're all cooped up so much that we all better build as much equipment as possible because we might all be, be nuts when we get back in the car because uh, we're so fired up to get racing and, you know this i racing thing, and I know you're doing this. Hell, you're you're uh, you're way better at it than I am. But uh, uh, you know this is this is a deal where we're getting to at least have some kind of a race. But it's just not the same for me. Uh, but it is fun. Uh, you know, uh, I know the other day I don't remember what race we're at, but you ran pretty well. You drove up through there and and uh, got you a top ten finish, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's I'm definitely having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I'm really competitive, you know, like a lot of those races are. And so to be able to get on there and compete against other guys you race against is really fun, whether it's whether it's virtually or whatever. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's awesome to be able to get on there and race for money. You know, that makes it even more exciting. And at the same time, though, I sit there and I think, I'm like, man, I hope this isn't teaching me bad habits for when I get behind the wheel of the real race car again. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like it, other than hand-eye coordination, I get anything because – uh, I struggle with not being able to feel anything. So, uh, you know, when the thing starts to spin out or whatever, I don't feel that. So I spin out, you know I mean? I don't, I don't catch it quick enough because I don't feel it in my ass, but it's still fun and I'm enjoying it. And it's, it's good marketing, you know, for our team and, and art for everyone, actually, I feel like, and, uh, getting to see, uh, you know, getting to be on TV, real TV, real live TV with, even though it's, play race cars or however you want to say it. It's definitely it's definitely good for our sport. You know, you said uh, I agree. You said something there about being competitive. It brought something back in my mind and and uh this is <laughs> you know, this is what this podcast is I think about. I know where you're about, going with it. About bull crap, but I think uh it's been a, quite a few years back there at Knoxville at my house when you guys were staying there with us, uh, stayed there a couple of years with us, whatever, in the, during the race season. But we broke out our, our quads, you know, the, the little 50ccs or the 90ccs or whatever the heck they were, and we built a track out in my backyard. And I feel like that uh, we're lucky we're not hurt, really, to be honest, from, from that because yeah. we're pretty competitive out there in the yard. I know that if this is a lot about bullshitting on the podcast and telling stories, then we got plenty of them from that amount of time we spent together. 
I don't know, eight years ago or so, but I remember exactly what you're talking about with the four-wheeler races. And it's got, I'm thinking now we have iRacing and we have this, this way to kind of get on there and do that. And at that time we didn't have that. So looking back, we were doing whatever we had to do to kind of have some fun and race whatever we could, I guess. Yep. And it wasn't off season. That was just middle, middle of the week between races. <laughs> you know, people um, don't yeah. know uh, our situation, how I met you, but. I was trying to think about that when I knew I was going to have you on the show, and I think it goes back to about 2008 or nine. I think it was when I drove. Yeah, it was 2008. Mike Anderson's car. Was that what it was? Yep. When I drove Mike Anderson's yep. car. Is when yeah. I met so I was at the uh, at the time I was driving part time for Mike Anderson, and uh, but I was committed to run for my dad on all the ASCS stuff out there. So it was a weekend where there was an ASCS race. And I wasn't driving Mike's car, and he hired you. Um, and I was there in my dad's stuff, and, and Mike had parked next to us, and, and you came out there to drive Mike's car that, that weekend, and that's where we first met. Yeah, I was thinking that's when it was, but I was, wasn't was 100% sure. You know, I'm getting old and getting forgetful, so uh, you'll get there one of these days. <laughs> but Obviously, no, that's, one uh, of the, that's just something I remember really well. I mean, I could remember weird details about us meeting that weekend. It's just kind of one of them things that, sticks out in my mind and you remember just small details, conversations and just weird things. And so I remember that well. I remember a lot of the a lot of the years and times and stuff we spent together. Yeah, there was some crazy times, I'm telling you. There was there was so much that uh, we probably can't talk about too, but we, we definitely yeah. had fun with it. And uh you know, you coming back to the Midwest, you know, well I'll, let me back up a minute and <clears throat> tell the tell the tell the listeners that, you know, in two thousand ten we had known each other now a couple of years or whatever. I was at Washington when I got hurt. And uh, Seth was actually the first, or actually, I guess, uh, the only person that I had out there. And I yeah. guess it was, I would say he was closest to me at the at that point. And uh, actually spent some time at the hospital with me and, and got to witness a lot of, a yeah. lot of gruesome stuff there in the ER, you know, when I got some hurt. wild but, stuff uh, there. You know, I don't know that I ever said anything, but, you know, I probably should, you know, I don't know that I have or I can't remember, but, you know, I want to thank you right now for actually coming and, and being supportive of me, you know, through that time because, you know, it was, I was out of it. Don't get me wrong. My mind, they were, you know, I had they had pumped so much medicine and painkillers and stuff into me, and I think there's a story that you could probably tell yeah. about about us being in the, RA, in the ER, but, uh, I don't know that I ever thanked you, so I want to do that now and say thanks because it was uh, it it was it's special to me to have somebody there with me, you know, through those times because it was pretty tough. Well, that's that's cool, man. I appreciate it, but really, there's no thanks needed. I mean, I was just doing what what any good friend would do in that situation. You know, you were you had had gotten hurt and you had nobody around, and so you needed someone there for you. And I mean, I we were friends and still are. So I mean, I was there. I, there's things that I've seen in that ER room and just the whole process that, that I'll certainly never forget. And that was, uh, it was not a situation that anybody wants to go through or, or probably see any of those things. And there's some, there's some things that went on there that are probably burned in my mind. There's some things there that I don't think you probably remember that I remember. I mean, I, they were pumping you up with so much stuff that you were in and out. And, oh, wow. It was wild. Yeah. I, I remember that clear as day. I don't really remember much of the yard, just other than what you've told me through the years or whatever. 
you know, uh, I think you said there was some hooker that was in the that was yeah, the, uh, the next. Uh, oh, I guess you could say behind. The we were in curtain. the we were in the same room, but she was just behind a curtain, and yeah, it was uh, <laughs> a lot of people probably get a kick out of that. She was. You were sitting there, and your leg was literally torn off. And these, these, uh, the guys in there, the nurses, the doctors, they were working on cleaning your leg. Your leg was only held on by the front part of the skin, the bone, and the entire leg was sheared off. And and this was something I was witnessing. And I mean, I was I was young at the time and never seen anything like it. And and they had you on medication, and you would wake up and you were laying flat on your back, and then you would sit straight up and scream, bloody murder, you know, at the top of your lungs. And, let me tell you, people, that was something else. Seeing a grown man do that, scream at the top of his lungs. And these other guys down there working on his leg are just, this is a normal, casual weekend at work for them. And they're carrying on a normal conversation and spraying out his leg with, I think, saline. And then in the the curtain next to us, there was a lady. And she had, uh, I think she was working. She was a hooker. And her pimp got mad at her and ran her over with his car. And she was in the room next to us, hollering at her pimp and, and just, I don't it was wild. I was, it was a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah. You like I say, I don't remember any of that stuff, but you had told me the stories about what I was doing. And, and, and there I was some, I don't know, you were, you were on another planet. You were doped up and your leg was ripped off, and, but you knew that there was a hooker next door. And in the midst of all this, you were saying some things to her. There, there, <laughs> I mean, so, uh, it was, it was interesting. It was a mess. <laughs> well, you know what? Kids, don't do drugs because I don't remember any of that stuff, but I just remember you telling me that I was screaming at everybody and hollering at the hooker in the neck. <laughs> yeah, I could, yeah, I could go on. There's a lot of stories. That are just, it, was, uh, it was one of those deals, one of those situations, I know you agree, that just hopefully you never have to experience again. Yeah, for sure. It was a part of my life that uh, I don't want to, I don't ever want to go through again, you know, for sure, but I learned a lot from that. I learned about myself. Learned a lot about myself. Yeah. And, uh, same here. I can't believe after seeing the severity of your injury, and just how your leg was, and there was the talks at one point. You know, in that whole deal, they were going to take your leg off. Like you weren't going to have a leg. You were going to be on a peg. And and to see what come back from that to you back now and being as you know in shape as you are and still driving a race car, it's pretty incredible. Well, I'm in the best shape of my life. Actually, uh, Saturday night, I got to tell you, we had a little, uh, was just us and the kids here, but we were doing FaceTime family Pictionary, uh, with Sarah's family on the other end or whatever. And somehow it got brought up and someone had seen online that somebody did a challenge that you did the, you had to do a handstand against the wall and put on a t-shirt while you, while you run the handstand. And we're all cutting up and laughing. I said, I can do that. No problem. Well, there's no video, but I did uh, get a handstand <laughs> against the wall and put on a T-shirt while I was upside down. And uh, it, it wasn't that hard, honestly. So, you know, just to do those kind of things at my age, I'm going to be 49 years old. And, you know, uh, it's been about a year and a half now when I really started really getting back into shape because I kind of got lazy there for a while and went through a divorce and just a whole bunch of goofy stuff. But... I'm, you know, I'm down uh, about 35 pounds, I guess, and and I would be down more than that, but I've put on so much muscle that that um, to be able to do things like that, I guess they. But just, you know what? I know that my career is coming to an end. You know, I'm getting older, and 
I knew to be the best I can be, I need to be in the best shape, you know. Uh, you know, you've been around that I've always been much of a runner, especially after my leg, because they told me I couldn't run, so that's why I really pushed hard about doing that. But uh, it's more about that. You know, it's about diet and exercise and just and feeling good and, and having your mental state a lot better. And I'm I'm in a better place now for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a there's a lot to be said for being in shape and especially having your diet, right? I mean, it's probably I've been pretty attentive to that for quite a few years now. I mean, I mean, you know, when I first came out on the road, you were a big reason to help get me out on the road, just, you know, having somewhere to go and whatnot. But I was really green to it all then. And I came out and I was a kid and super unprepared. And I didn't know what was going on. I got my ass kicked on many different levels. But when I started figuring out that I still, I wanted to do it and I needed to get serious about it. That was one, one area where I really started working on was fitness and mental health and diet. And, and I've been off and on with it. For a while but i know it just makes such a huge difference when you're in the race car um your thoughts your decision making i mean it, it's a big advantage and it's something you would never know unless you got into it to be able to see the difference yeah for sure you know i've had a lot of people ask me how, how i've done it and and i tell them it's hard but it's not as hard as you think it's just a mindset you got to change your whole thought process is all you have to do you know uh, yeah. When you sit down to eat a meal, you got to think about it before you order. I mean, it's not that big a deal. You just got to think about it. Before, I just, I'll oh, give me that big chicken fried steak and gravy, yeah. biscuits. Now you just, th- <laughs> I just think about it. You know what? I still get full. I just don't eat as bad. You know, I still eat crappy time at times. You know. Oh yeah. You just, uh, just got to think about it. It's not that hard. It really is not. Um, well, hey, something that uh, I really want to talk about too was mom and dad, and and uh, you know they. They're a big part of what you do, and, and, you know, they've always been super to me. You know, just like when I got hurt, you know, they opened their house up and, and let me stay there for a couple of weeks or whatever it was. And, and uh, you know, they, they've they been a big part of your racing and, and uh, pushed you pretty – I know they pushed pretty hard and have sacrificed a lot of things. And so I wanted to give you a minute to maybe talk about your family, your mom and dad and sister and you know whatever a lot of people that don't maybe don't know you know what what's what's going on there or what has or whatever so uh if you want to bring it you know any of that stuff up you're welcome to yeah i mean my i most certainly wouldn't wouldn't be racing or wouldn't be you know where i'm out with with the sprint cars and stuff without my parents and we racing has been something that's been in my family you know before me so um I was I grew up going to the races watching my dad and so got hooked on it young and he took me to my first sprint car race and that was when I decided I want to race sprint cars and um you know started out just going to the races as a family it was a family thing and we did it you know as a hobby and for fun and and then I got older and got more serious about it and they stuck with me and and have put me you know in equipment my entire life so my parents have been a huge part of what i do since i was young and they still are um you know my dad's a, a big racer he's a huge race fan he was a racer himself he still is and yeah they just wouldn't be doing it without their support and you know i lucky to have the support of my parents like that and um you know every night after the races he's usually the first one i call and, and just things like that that i'm really grateful for you know to be able to to share that stuff with him and have them still support me. Uh, it's a big reason, a big part of, of why I'm still doing it. So, and not only did I race, but like you said, my sister, um, she was older than me and she raced too. And 
and she got into the stock car side of things and uh you know there was an accident and and it took her life so that's it's just with that happening it's it's definitely changed the just the kind of the outlook and and then everything you have on life and and it's, I'm still involved in racing and and it was a tough decision back then but um I'm still involved my parents are still involved and um it's just something that's part of our lives now and and here we are today still racing so I mean it's it's I don't really people, know how to people say people it. it's, it's something that happened and it happened and and you know here we are People don't realize what sacrifices we go to or go through to uh, do what we do, you know, as far as missing family, you know, your parents uh, financially have put lots and lots of money into this where they could add a, you know, a lot other stuff at home, you know, other than race cars, same with my family, you know, uh, to see their children get to accomplish their dreams and this, that, and the other. So the sacrifices that we go through, are pretty amazing, just like with your sister and your mom and dad and being away from home, you know, <clears throat> now you're in Oklahoma and they're still in Washington and, and vice versa and moving around and traveling. And, you know, there's lots and lots of sacrifices in what we do. And, and I don't know that the, the normal fan actually know, you know, they all think, man, they're race car drivers and, and yeah. they get to travel the world and all that. But there's huge sacrifices in what we do, uh, not getting to see our kids for lots of time, you know, months. You know, being on the road, missing yeah. out on, you know, you get back home and then they've learned new words or, or walking or, you know, the stuff that, that, that we've all missed out on, you know. So, uh, <clears throat> the sacrifices are something that really come to my mind, just like, you know, being injured and, and those kind of things. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, that's, I think it kind of helps in times like this that we're going through right now. I think I've had an easier time just dealing with it and just being home because, like you said, it's just you're so used to to making sacrifices that when you do get, you know, some time and a chance to unplug and just kind of spend time like that at home, you can. So this time for me has definitely not been, you know, like like anything I'm not enjoying or anything I'm trying to escape. It's kind of it's been nice to live on the other end of the spectrum for a while. It's definitely different, though. I can tell you that. I'm, I'm, uh, oh, yeah. I've done this for so long that it's just a big change for me. Maybe, maybe that's happened for a reason for when I do retire, I'll know what it's going to be like to be at home. It's messed uh, up when, when you miss, when you miss Walmart parking lot, that's the problem. (laughs) Well, the problem in my house. You'd have to go wait in line now to go to Walmart. So yeah. Hey, I remember another story about, about you and your nickname, Iron Man. And I mean, you, you've definitely earned that nickname. I remember one night we were at, uh, I think it was like the rock and roll 50 race or something and and i had won the race and you you had i think that was my first uh time winning an ascs national race and and that night you had uh i think i hit in the face with a brake caliper or a muffler or something and you had broke your nose and i can remember you coming over right after the race with a broken nose and i think you congratulated me and I was like, holy shit, your nose is broke, and you were just wearing it. You're like, yeah, i got to go to the hospital and figure this out. And, and then uh, you jumped in the ambulance, I think, and away you went. I was just sitting there like, Jesus. Yeah, you know, this, hey, this I, wasn't too long after to... you got back. I mean, you're, this was after you had injured your leg, and, and you came back, and I just remember thinking, damn, Wayne's one tough customer. I was trying to figure out when it was going to quit. That's what I was thought, you know. 
how much more bad luck can one guy have? Jesus. I uh, got my leg almost chopped off. I got my face smashed in by a muffler. I was like, man, when is this going to stop? But, <clears throat> no, the, you know, you t- you're telling that story, and I was the points leader at that point. And it happened when Gary Wright, it happened a few laps before Gary Wright got in a big crash and caught on fire. And uh, I was still out there racing. My helmet was broke. The- yeah, I remember that. And the- I wasn't pulling in. There was no way. And anyway, the red come out for for, yep. for Gary Wright. And I pulled in the infield. Well, everybody run to Gary Wright because it was on fire. Well, I waved this photographer over. And I was like, hey, come here, come here, come here. And he come running over to me and looked in there. And he's like, holy crap. And I so can remember being over. on the race receiver, the race receiver radio, and the red came on. I remember, uh, I believe it was Matt Ward came over the radio, and and he said Wayne Wayne Johnson uh, needs a. He was saying that you needed another helmet brought out to you, and <laughs> I can remember them bringing the helmet out and wondering what the hell was going on. And then I got word that you had got hit in the face and broke your helmet and. Yeah, I can remember sitting there on the back chair and seeing all, seeing all that go down. Gary Wright was on fire, and they had to put that out. And you were over there with a busted up face. And well, the the thing was, the am the the people from the ambulance came and uh, said, "You got to get out. You got to get out." I was like, "I'm not getting out of this car. Just give me another helmet." There's only six laps to go. I can finish this thing. Just give me another helmet. So they yeah. were totally against it. But then I got Emmett. I said, "Hey, Emmett." I said, told him, I said, go get him. So Emmett came. I said, Emmett, I just need a helmet to finish the rest of this race. I mean, I'm running fifth or sixth or whatever it was. And and uh, so they gave me a helmet. I finished and went to the hospital and so on, whatever. And and uh, it was a crazy I think that's I part of where that. your nickname came from. I think that's part of where your nickname came from. Yeah, or maybe you it, had it before that. I just remember around that time was when I started hearing it. Brian Holbert's the one that came up with it. And I don't remember when. You know, maybe it's because all the iron that's in my leg to this day or whatever. I don't, I, I don't know. But I don't know. Some nicknames cra- are fitting, and I feel like that one's pretty fitting. The, the craziest thing of that whole, the whole process of getting my face back in with a muffler or a caliper or whatever it was. All I remember was big and black and hot. It was, and it come in the cockpit. But that kind of sounds weird. I'm not going to touch on that. But. Uh, but uh, I went to the hospital, and they gave me an X-ray, right? Because my face was, because I, I thought my jaw was broke too, because I was swollen up so much. But next thing they come running in with a neck brace, and I don't know if you know this story. They gave me a neck brace and put it on, and then I laid there for like two hours, and nobody came, and I was bitching. I took the took the neck collar off and threw it throwed it up on the cabinet because it's making my neck hurt. It, my neck wasn't hurt. Anyway, they come in about two hours later. A specialist come in and said, "Hey, your neck's broke." And I said, what? They said, yeah, your neck's broke. And I said, no, it's not. I mean, my neck's not broke. My neck's still fine. Well, I don't know if you remember at I-90 when I crashed at I-90. I remember it. Remember I, I, hurt, I believe I, I hurt, remember I hurt, that, I hurt, yeah. I hurt really bad in my sternum, and I thought maybe I cracked my sternum, but we had like two days off to go to the next race, and we are going to Willamette up that way, you know. And, hell, I won both nights at Willamette. Well, any long, yeah. long story short, when I got back to West Memphis and had that happen to me and went to the emergency room, I had broke my neck previous, but there was nothing they could do to it because it was already healing. So evidently I'm sitting, you know, wow. I'm looking back and I think at I-90 because there was such a certain, you know, it was such a sudden stop when I crashed there that I think that's when it happened. But at some point I had fractured my neck, uh, evidently not very bad, of course, but uh, yeah. So 
that was my whole thought process. Man, is this ever going to quit? You know, it makes you think, do I keep doing this or not, you know? Yeah, I remember. I think it was it was South Dakota, right? I mean, I knew there was. I remember I was right yep. behind you when that happened. It, there was a piece of the wall or something. I think that stuck out, and I think that well, there was like it was like was a piece of the concrete or something. Yeah, an opening or something, and you caught it with the right front. Away she went. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna tell one story real quick on you before we uh, we let you go. But uh, it was one of the first times that 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 Seth was back in the Midwest, and we met. He was going to a race, and I was going to a race, and I didn't have any help at all. Somebody was going to meet me there to help me, and the 360 race that they were going to got canceled. And I was going to an an, or an outlaw race at at Paducah, I think it was Paducah, Kentucky. And uh, we're on on I 40, and you said, uh, I said, let's stop meet some lunch, and we pull in this little buffet thing or whatever to get lunch and. And uh, I made a plate, and I got me some okra and stuff, and was sitting down, and you looked at that and go, what is that? So he didn't, fried have, okra. Seth didn't, Seth didn't even know what fried okra was. He's like, what? I'm not trying. I didn't I know, know a lot of I it. I was really green when I first came out. Like, I I hadn't been off the West Coast much at all and certainly had never really gone racing without supervision. Um, and it was just me and Mike, and, you know, another kid, Mike, who <laughs> then, left, and we had – we had the family motorhome and trailer, and we left, and just it was uh it was, it was a fun it was time to look to back on. As, it was scary to have me as a supervisor. <laughs> yeah, and you were you were kind of like my mentor and supervisor. I don't know if that was good or bad, but we hooked <laughs> up and we had a lot of fun. And I, like I said, there was a lot. I didn't I didn't know anything. I mean, I'd never been to any of the parts of the country we were in, or gone to any of the racetracks we had been, or anything any of the restaurants or stores we were going to i mean it was all brand new to me so it was it was a lot of fun you know something i look back on and and just after being out here a while now and then looking back on that and just how new new it was all to me and just yeah it was it was a fun time well seth thanks for having or thanks for coming on uh you know this podcast thing just keeps blowing up more and more and and we're up over 1500 uh people watching now and it's it's just growing and and uh it's pretty cool to to get to reminisce and have you on and and uh talk about our families and what we've been through and as our friendship has kind of went crazy there for a while with what you you know got had to witness and you know hey yeah. if anything i made you grow up man <laughs> and racing man racing uh i've grown up a lot you know like just from being coming out and being young and just learning the hard way on a lot of things and yeah, I've I've had to grow up a lot over the years, and you know our friendships. It has not been easy being in racing and trying to be friends. You know, you know that. And so our friendship's been through the ringer, and it's been good. It's been bad, and you know, but it always uh, you always work things out. And that's just kind of one of the tougher things about racing is you try to maintain a friendship throughout it. There's a lot of stuff that that gets in the way in between. I feel like. Well, one but I feel like as you get older and mature, you know, you kind of learn how to deal with those situations, and and I've had to do that, and you've had to sit there and watch me do that too. When you uh, one thing about it, and this is something I think I told you a long time ago, we can be friends today, and tomorrow at a race, when the green flag falls, I don't have any friends on the racetrack. Yeah, and that's a that's a weird thing to balance. (laughs) And after the checker, we can be friends again, but. When the green ball falls, you got no friends, especially and when it's the way you feed your family. And that was that's uh, something that that uh, 
you know, I've always preached to you, you know, throughout the whole time. It's, you know, you can have friends off the racetrack, but, and I, and you know what? I think, I think too, that's a, that's a old school type of thing too, in a way. I don't see that with a lot of younger kids now. And, and I grew up, you know, around, around guys that had the mentality and then hanging around around you and just, and just picking up on that and just kind of, you know, it kind of molds you into the person you are. So it's just weird being able to, to, be like that and kind of be a certain way and then see, you know, kids coming up now and just how they are. And it's just, a, it's interesting to see, see it all take shape and take place and, and realize that the time I grew up in and the people I was around are, are different and shared probably some different outlooks than maybe some of the younger guys coming up today. Well, one thing about it, and we'll go back to that iRacing stuff. That's where a lot of these kids are learning this stuff. I sure wish there was a boxing glove that come out from under that steering wheel when you crash and punch you in the stomach because those kids would race different. I promise you. <laughs> I guarantee you. And then even I, when I was younger, I mean, I was everybody I was racing against was was grown men. I mean, like you know, real men driving sprint cars. And when when you fucked up, you knew about it. And it was very intimidating when I was seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old, and I had a grown grown man come over, you know, and get in my face. That was really intimidating. And I don't think. A lot of these kids deal with that now, you know. It's just it's definitely well, changes it's just, how they race and how they talk and how they act. And you know, when you know you're going to get your ass kicked by someone who's a lot tougher and a lot older than you, it's uh, it's it's intimidating and it kind of shapes the way you think and probably the way you drive from there on out. Well, like I say, it 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 was the same way when I grew up racing. When I first started racing, there was an old man that I raced with locally here. His name was Dutch Gerstige and. And I watched him get in a fight on the front straightaway with, like, six cops because they were taking him to jail for some reason. I don't remember <laughs> what it was. But he's out there fighting six cops. And then, you know, I started racing a year or two later, and then him got in a wreck. And here he come look, I'm coming over to him like, oh, shit. He whooped six cops. He don't even eat it. Pinky slapped <laughs> me and knocked me out, you know, scared to death, you know. And he come over there, and he just chewed me out and told me what I did wrong and, but I was I was scared, you know, and I was, oh, yeah, okay. you get scared. It so, teaches you respect too. I mean, it teaches yeah, you it respect for sure. I don't think there's a and lot now, of that left in our sport. No, be because now uh, you can get on Twitter and you can call someone out and see no repercussions for it. I mean, there's just there's just so many different ways that people can go about it now. It just changed. Yeah, we live in a different world for sure. You know, just like with the Larson deal and this, that, and the other. So, not going to get into yeah. that too much because. Uh, you know that's that's a process. It's it's pretty fresh, and they they all got to work that out. So, well, hey, uh, I really do appreciate you being on. Like I say, this is pretty cool. Get to reminisce a little bit, and uh, hopefully, uh, see you at a racetrack really soon. I got my fingers yeah. crossed for that. Yeah, I think we're on the same page, and a lot of us are just kind of waiting to go back racing and, and get back to it. But yeah, I appreciate you calling me and having me on. It's been fun, kind of bullshitting and thinking about some times we shared together. So. uh yeah, like I said, I appreciate it. Yep, no problem, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Wayne. See you. Yep. Hey, man, that was good to catch up with Seth there. He's He, uh, you know, moved his life all the way from Washington all the way to Oklahoma and had no clue what fried okra was. That was kind of crazy. I'll never forget that. But uh, glad uh, to have him on. Uh, it was a pretty good show there. But, uh, honey... Uh, you got a question of the week, or we're skipping that this week, or what do we got going no, on? we've got a question. We've been getting lots of good questions. Actually, our buddy Robert Lenz, 
he um, messaged us again, and he has more questions for us. And he wanted to know, um, among many things, if – hold on, i got to find it here. Do you think there should be more choices on tires, more durometer choices – you still need to make one tire last so you cannot go to gumball tires. Well, Robert, uh, in my opinion, the racing was better a few years ago when we all had <clears throat> options. Uh, you know, it puts error into the, uh, how you want to say it, the crew chief's hands or, you know, to make the right call for the night, the right compound. Because if you put on too soft a compound, you might be super fast early, fade at the end. Uh, you know, and then just, I just think years ago when we had Goodyear, uh, American racer, Hoosier, all in the sport that the racing was better because you had maybe a Goodyear guy win this tonight. And then tomorrow night was a American racer. And then the next night was a Hoosier or whatever, because certain tires worked better for certain racetracks. But, uh, I don't think we're ever going to get back to that other than maybe I've, I've seen some emails some text messages that's been going out to the outlaws that uh some of the teams are asking for for more choices so maybe they'll listen maybe we'll get some more uh choices with right rears left rear compounds uh i think that'd be a step in the right direction uh for the racing because right now there's no i mean everybody's on the exact same tire so i think we need to put some of it back into the crew chief's hands as far as you know uh do you want to take that chance and put a soft tire on and get going early and try to hang on at the end or do you want to put a hard tire on not be so great early and and really come on at the end and you know those kind of things just put a little more variety into the racing and and a little more options in our hands to see uh just to see how it would shake out i think it'd be a little more drama into the racing and because johnny gibson could talk about you know, uh, Wayne Johnson put on a D15, uh, Donnie Schatz put on a D20, uh, you know, or however you wanted to play that. But it would be pretty cool, I think, uh, and would help the racing. But, uh, well, Tony. Tony. Was that? No, I forget who it was. <laughs> Robert. I'm sorry. Robert, <laughs> Tony. Whatever. Well, we're going to give Robert and Tony, whoever Tony is, a... Oh sure, a, uh, I've got sent uh, Robert a koozie. I'm pretty sure. Oh okay, he's, well he's uh, he'll have a six pack before you know it. Lots of good questions for us. Well, Robert, thanks for the question, but yeah, that is a great question, and uh, I hope that answers. And I'm hoping that uh, the boys back at the back of the shop there in North Carolina are listening because I know that there's been a lot of teams talk about compounds and having choices. So hopefully uh, we'll. We'll have that uh, option here when we get back going. I guess it's good to hope. I have a question. How'd your eye racing go last night? Well, not great. It's the same as every week. It seems like that I just get wrecked. I don't feel like it's my fault, but it may be. I don't know. But uh, there's just not a whole lot you can do. No, it just stinks. I mean, that's the part. That's why I really think that if we were going to do this eye racing thing professionally, I racing or the tech people or Apple or Dale or whoever could do it needs to put a boxing make a box with a boxing glove that comes out and punches you in the stomach. I think if you it's crash. even easier than that. How about you get one car, you wreck it, you got to pay money to get another car. Ooh, 
Well, yeah, but how much money were you talking about? Well, I don't know. Sky's the limit. But <clears throat> you got to do something well, to even something. the field. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, just they, they just seem to me. It needs to be a penalty. Seems to me that there's just a lot of bouncing off each other. And it's a game, and I get that. But, you know, I do everything I can to run that iRacing as much as it is just a, like a real race and try to stay off the other cars and all that. And you still bump into them every once in a while. But. And I guess if it, I mean, if it was clean racing and good racing, it would be fun. But I think maybe it fits the bill for what they're needing right now, which is entertainment. And if people are tuning in and they're enjoying it, well, then I, it doesn't really matter. But, I think everyone's getting better because right. I think there's less crashes. Right. But it's still... It's frustrating as a driver. It's frustrating to me because I've been putting in a lot of work to try to be better. And I feel like I've got a lot better. And then you just get crashed on the first lap. So don't you guys practice together prior yeah, to the racing? Yeah, and you like guys I, don't have issues practicing. Like, I've been, but. like to, we had a practice this morning or this earlier today before the race. And, uh, or I'm talking about today, yesterday. Right. Uh, my <laughs> days and nights are mixed up this Corona. But it was, it went well, you know, uh, not a lot of crashing, probably less crashing in practice. Well, it feels than like it. you'd say, I mean, like <clears throat> practices, it seems like you're always getting to finish a practice race. Yeah, I, fin- I, I actually didn't qualify well. Racing. I had to run the C main. I transferred out of the C. I transferred out of the B, made the back of the A, and uh, I don't even know where I finished. And I think I finished ninth in the A or something. I can't, mm-hmm. ninth or 12th, I can't remember, but can finish, you know, it just seemed like that uh, practice definitely goes better. Maybe they are to televise practice. (laughs) Maybe we'll have to go live. I think the guys really think it's, it's, uh, it's about a million dollars or something on the race or, you know what, you put TV and then it gets a little stressful or whatever, but I don't know. It's fun. Um, having, having a ball with it. It's killing time. So hopefully, um, Hopefully, we just keep it up till this gets going. Or hopefully, we can just get racing soon. Wouldn't oh, that be nice? Man, I'm ready. She could, she'll tell you that <clears throat> I was, I took her to the grocery store a day or so ago, and she was giving me crap because I was kind of hot rodding the truck. Cause and I'm, he never, ever does that. No, I Ever. Didn't. He has <laughs> never done that, and I was not happy. <laughs> I'm going stir crazy, people. I need some excitement in my life. I need to gas it up. I need to do something. Not when I'm in the car. <laughs> But uh, I, we talked to our buddy Josh, didn't we? I think I saw Friday he had something important to tell us. Yeah, I, I uh, don't can't, tell can't wait to see to uh, what he has to say. So yeah, we got to check in with the chick magnet. Well, let's go check in, see what he's got. Okay. Hey, chick magnet, we got you. Yep, I'm here. So uh, what's this big news that I'm hearing about uh, that uh, we released on Friday? What's the what chick magnet got going on? Um, Tony Stewart Racing and, and Tony and Donnie, uh, signed on with me last Friday. Um, they got hold of me last Thursday at 1035 on Twitter. And then it was announced next, the next morning at 10 a.m. on, on their time. Oh, awesome. So, uh, what's this, what's that make your account up to with your, uh, with Chick Magnet Motorsports? How many cars you got now? I think 12 now, maybe. I don't know. Man, you probably bigger than uh, Hendrix or anybody. You're the biggest team in the country. You're probably going to have I know, right? anybody, I'm sure. What's our goal on how many wins we're going to get this year with this team? Uh, well, um, 
you know, hopefully we can uh, uh, get along with and then, then uh, you know, at the end, uh, hopefully get a championship at the end of the year. Oh, awesome. That's that's good. That, we all want to get that for sure. Yeah, we all, yeah, that's, that's why we go out racing for the fans because, you know, that's, you know, that's why they buy their tickets to come see us every week and, you know, we, you know, we put a show on day in, day in, day out for them. So that's why we're hunting for a championship. So. Yep, that's right. Well, that's our uh, checking in with the chick magnet. So uh, we will definitely talk to you next week, buddy. Well, man, that's some big, big news for Josh, man. There are 12 cars on his team now. Uh, you know, I think he got something like 25 feature wins last year. Well, so I think it was more than that. Was it more than that? I wasn't I sure. Know. Well, anyway, he's not going to uh, – he's going to have to have more than that. Let's put it that way, or he'll be right. firing people. Oh, yeah. Well, but, it's uh, not really fair, I'm though. I'm pretty sure He that... might want to call Kevin Swindell and get some iRacing wins oh, under his belt. Uh, I, I don't know th- if he's thought of that yet. But I never thought about that or one. Or but... Stevie or somebody that's been winning those. Because yeah. That's, gonna... He's losing ground right now. We're going to have to get uh, get him on that one. But, uh, no, it's fun to have Josh uh, get get to come on and have the – the uh, Checking in with Checking the in with him. You know, it's, yeah. it's nice to check in. And, and I know he uh, he's fired up about it because when I messaged him and told him we needed to, to record his part or whatever, he was – all about it. So. Ready to go. Yeah. So that's good. I'm well, glad he's got news, and we'll keep checking in with him anytime he's got something he needs to tell us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just wish uh, we could get rid of this coronavirus and get back to racing. So, guys. As soon as we can. Keep tuning in. We're having fun. Keep sending those messages. It's uh, Some of them are a little crazy. Some of them. Mm, uh, racing on uh, FS1 tonight, but it's not us, right? I think they are no. still broadcasting some Nope, no FS1 this week. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, they've not having. They said they were like, trans like, what is the word I'm looking for? I think they're probably going to alternating do things. Probably water polo or something equally exciting. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, table tennis or whatever. Um, so none of that tonight, but um, Tuesday nights definitely dirt vision. Yep, last so night. Next Tuesday. Check it on Dirt Vision. Guys, I'm telling you, and I keep doing this and saying this every week, but we're doing a Facebook Live uh, just for our our people, and we're showing a little bit of the of the race and all, but in the background, that we have it on the TV, and since I didn't make the show tonight in the A, I got to stand up and watch it on TV, and it's it's worth it. I mean, it's only t- nine, ten bucks, whatever it is, right? but it's worth every penny of it. You got to go check it out. Uh, well, and it's good that Dirt Vision is keeping this around for us right now because, you know, they're just like everyone else. They're trying to stay in business and stay relevant um, so that when we get back racing, we can still have Dirt Vision. I mean, I, we for rely sure. on them to keep up with you guys. And um, so I think it's $10 well spent if you've got it. Um, but it's and, all, but it's awesome because, you know, the race is over, the top three interviews, you get to, see, you get to hear Johnny. Right. And, I mean, it looks pretty real on tv i mean it's crazy to me i mean i'm blown away that all this electronic stuff electronic stuff because it's not my wheelhouse but i'm having fun with it and i'm learning and just going to keep going okay good i have to say my 
my part now. Well, you better. Are you ready? Beat it up. You can contact us anytime on our voicemail line, 405-362-0620. You can reach us by email at waynejohnsonracing at yahoo.com or search any of the social media channels for Wayne Johnson Racing, and we can connect with you there. We also have a good variety of merchandise available through any of those channels as well. Just hit us up. We want to thank you all for continuing to tune in. Um, We're still shipping out koozies. We've got merchandise, hats, hoodies, shirts beanies so hit us up if you want something we'll get it in the mail to you um and then if you're listening right now it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate review and subscribe to the podcast you can take a screenshot of the podcast from your app and post it to your social media if you'll let me know you do that i will mail you a koozie for free that's it that's That's all you got my thing and i tried to cut out the ums this week i think i've still slipped a few in but i'm improving Well, when it warms up, those ums will go away, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, be sure and tune in next week. Uh, This is only getting more fun every week. And and, uh, be sure and tune in to the iRacing. I mean, it's all we got. We're having fun with it. So until we get to racing, this is all we got. But be sure and wash your hands and don't get the coronavirus. Bye.